Welcome to the Caris Christian Center podcast. Uh, tell us a scripture or something, and I'll come back when you're finished. Okie dokie. <laughs> What's it like living with Mark Hankins, huh? <laughs> no, he doesn't have a joke all the time. Not all the time, but he does think along this, the humorous side of life, for sure. <laughs> oh, praise God. Um, you know what? The other night I was sleeping soundly and... I awoke, and it was like Jesus, the Holy Spirit said, come here, get something to write on. I want to talk to you. Oh, man. So I got up, got a little book and my pen, and I went to my room where the chair is where I sit, you know, your quiet place. And I sat down, and I said, okay. And it was like Jesus was sitting at the foot of the bed. It was very tender moment, and um, he said, I'm going to tell you some things you need to know. (laughs) Okay, serious business. So I began to write down, and he did tell me some things like, don't text and drive. (laughs) Yeah, he was agreeing with Mark for sure. So that's dangerous. So I wrote that down. (laughs) I have to practice it, though, right? And then... um, he began to talk to me about different things. So I wrote those down. And one of the things that came to my uh, consciousness was when I was sitting there, the, on the wall right there was a scripture framed. And the scripture is Psalm 46 and verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. How many know that verse? Yeah, that's a really powerful verse. And so I said, okay. And it was like, okay, I'm going to sit and I'm going to look at that. That's what you're telling me. And of course, when we be still and know that God is God, he's going to talk to us in Psalm 1720, Mark quoted, he sends his word to heal us. So every time we expect to hear from God, expect to hear his word come to you. Amen. And his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher, but they're not just staying up there. They come down like rain. In Colorado this season, we have rain every afternoon, right? So you can expect clouds together. But when you be still, prepare to listen because God is talking. And what he says is his word, and it will not come back void. And so as I was doing that, um, I said, okay, what does be mean? And so I looked it up in strong concordance. And uh, this particular uh, Hebrew word is rapha. I said, whoa, I didn't know that. I thought that was Lord that heals. Well, guess what? In this position of being still, it's a place of healing and restoration. When you sit before God and you listen and you hear his word, something has happened. So that word had these words with it. To slacken, abate, cease, to fail, be faint, uh, to be feeble, forsake, to idle. I could see that like a car in the gear of neutral and it's just idling. It's not going anywhere. 
still. And then let alone, be slack, be still, stay, be slothful like a sloth. <laughs> and that was a total contrast to my uh, way of going. You know, from the moment that I wake up, I'm going. And I'm ready to talk. And Mark says, be quiet, you know. <laughs> right? Too many words in the morning, you know. Let's not ask about stuff. What we're going to do today and things like that. Be still. Quiet. And so in that position, you're receiving. You're in a position like if you had to go uh, get a treatment. Dialysis. Whatever, you know, you know you're going to be there for a while. And while you're doing it, it might just be a drip at a time that you're receiving. But something is coming in that is saving you, that's keeping you, that will renew your physical body. How much more when we sit before the Word of God and we're listening. And that's what they did when they came to Jesus. And they... Mary positioned herself, and she was being still. And as she was in that position on purpose, she was hearing. She was still, but her ears were like this. She was hearing every word from Jesus. And in that position, there is restoration. There is healing. Another word for Rapha, the, the definition for Rapha there. It's number 7495. <laughs> and it means this, to mend by stitching. Have you ever had to darn a, a sock or, you know, rip or whatever? To mend by stitching. So as you take the word like medicine or you sit before the word of God, something that is ripped up, torn up, broken, whatever, is being mended by the, the living word of God that has healing, hallelujah, and it is full of power, full of healing, full of restoration. God has his big hand and needle and he's stitching some things back together, mending, hallelujah, glory to God. Some of our souls, some of our emotions because of things that happen can be torn up. But as we sit before the word of God, there is a mending that's happening. Hallelujah. You begin to mirror like James says. Look into the perfect law of liberty. It is a mirror. And as we do, we're transformed into the very image of whatever that word is that, God, that you're looking at. Right? My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear to my saying. Let them not depart from before your eyes eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. So all of those actions of faith that we're being still, we're hearing the word of God. We're listening to it. We're looking at it. It's coming in our eyes. Some, sometimes we go, oh yeah, I know that. I know that. I could quote that faster than you. I know that Ephesians 1 prayer, but pray it. <laughs> Stop and look at it because in the looking, there is a drawing, the life of God, the Zoe that's in every spoken word of God that is sent to you. You are taking in through your eyes. 
<laughs> it's working on your imagination. It's recreating your future, your past. Hallelujah. You are being transformed to look like the word you're looking at. Amen. So it's supernatural process of looking into that perfect law of liberty and being still and letting God work in his way. Another thing, uh, meaning of that word, Rafa, to mend by stitching, to cure, to heal, physician, to cause to heal, to repair thoroughly. Thoroughly. Sometimes we get a touch and then we just go on. But stay in the place until there's a complete and thorough work of the Word of God. God doesn't leave us the way we come. You know, we come and we're completely a new creature in Christ spiritually, right? But something has to happen with our minds, our souls, the way we think, our words. And that can only take place by the life of God, by the living word of God. Praise God. And as we're being still, praise God. His word is growing up. A new crop of life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So he wants us to be whole. The Amplified says, let be and be still and know, recognize that I'm God. The easy translation says, be still and quiet. <laughs> Think of my mom. <laughs> she could click her finger in church when we were rowdy. Boy, you could hear it everywhere. And we would just stand up. Straighten up. Stop fighting and know that I am God. And uh, the Passion Translation says, be silent and stop your striving. Surrender your anxiety. Oh, okay. That's an act of faith. Desist and learn that I am God. So desist would be like the authority telling you, stop in the name of the law, you know, desist. Lay down your own weapons. Hallelujah. Paul tells us in Philippians 4 chapter, right? Rejoice in the Lord always. This is my mom's prescription. These are the words that I hear her speak in my mind. And I hear, I can see her saying it at the end of her life. She went to heaven in August last year. Praise the Lord. And she would say these words again and again. And she said, Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. So everybody be rejoicing right now. Let's just rejoice. Make a happy face. Let's just make a happy face. <laughs> but it says always, always, okay? Rejoice in the Lord always. Delight and gladden yourself. Nobody else might make you glad, but gladden yourself. <laughs> I choose to be happy in the Lord Again, I say rejoice, and the next verse says, Let all men know and perceive and recognize your unselfishness, your considerateness, your forbearing spirit. The Lord is near. So mom would say, you don't want the Lord to come if you acting like you're having a fit. <laughs> so 
Think about that. And then the next verse, verse 6, you know this one. But the Amplified says it this way. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, definite requests with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known unto God. So sometimes you get up in the middle of the night. I don't know if I'm the only one that does this and you're concerned about something. And you say, well, I'm just concerned about it. No, you're worrying. <laughs> you're full of anxiety. You know, it's consuming you and it's, it's affecting your emotions and your actions and in words. But he says, desist. Lay down your, your worry. Lay down your anxiety. He says, do this instead of being anxious. Do this. In everything, by prayer and petition. You know this verse. We all know this, but let's do it. In everything, by prayer and petition. Like Mark was saying, you can ask and keep on asking. Make definite requests. Write down the request. Get it out of your mind. Put it on the paper and say, okay, right here, right now, I am asking. And I'm going to ask in faith. Amen. Hallelujah. And I'm going to ask with thanksgiving because thanksgiving is like, here you, here you are, Lord. Here's my request. I'm giving it to you. Thanksgiving always is the uplifted hand, right? So I like to just say, okay, here's my request. And while your hand is up, you begin to thank God. Amen. Can you say some thankful words right now? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Some of you have been requesting and asking, but let's just begin to thank him. He's heard your prayer. He is nigh you. He is concerned. Hallelujah. Praise God. We thank him for the answers. Thank him for his provision. Thank him for his goodness. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He doesn't say, not now, no, whatever. But according to his word, he will, he will answer every request. Amen. With thanksgiving. And then it says, continue to make your wants known to God. So that's what Mark said. Ask and keep on asking. Ask and keep on. Because he's given. He's given. He's given more. And then the last one is, set your mind. God's peace shall be yours. Hallelujah. That tranquil state of a soul assured of his salvation through Christ. So fearing nothing from God, being content with its earthly lot, whatever sort that is, that peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. How many have experienced the peace of God? Yeah. Hallelujah. There's nothing else like it. And you know, when I had a brain tumor and we prayed, I had the operation. See what it was. They came out because we prayed. And they told Mark, I don't know what happened, but every test that we took, we saw that tumor. When we went in to find it, it was gone. Hallelujah. So thankful. Hallelujah. He sent his word. He healed me. But after I was coming out of that surgery, 
they made a hole in my head. They did that. And it affected, it hurt. And it paralyzed me partially on the right side of my body. So when I went home, I was happy I didn't have a tumor. I was rejoicing he sent his word to me, but I needed some more help. And you know, he sent another word to me, and it was about the woman who pressed through the crowd in Mark, the fifth chapter. And she said, if I can touch his clothes, I know I will be whole. She kept on saying it. Her faith pro propelled her to Jesus. She not only said it, she did it. She reached out, she touched the clothes and drew with her faith. She drew miracle healing power. Hallelujah. Jesus felt the power leaving him, right? She received it. And when he felt it, he started looking around. And like Mark always says, he studied the faces in the crowd to see who it was. You can tell when you touch Jesus. And he said, who touched me? And she said, it was me. And she told him all of her story. So that's the fourth thing. You tell. You tell. God, you testify to others what God has done for you. But then Jesus turned around and he said something back to her. And these are the words he told me. Go in peace. Go in peace. And be made whole from that plague. So... At that point, in my experience, I needed another word, and that was the word. God said, go in peace. The Amplified Bible says, go into peace. Peace is a place you can go in. Hallelujah. And in that place of peace, waiting on the Lord, listening to his voice, meditating on his word, eating him, receiving his power. Hallelujah. There is a completion of the thing that God has begun. Hallelujah. God's not all done. He will fully complete what he begins in our lives. Amen. And the Amplified Bible says the peace will garrison and mount guard over your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. What's a garrison? That's an army. That's an army. God will send his peace like an army to surround your soul, your emotions, your imagination. Praise God. He will protect your faith. He will protect what he has begun. He will mount a guard over that thing and it will come to a full completion. Amen. You know, I'm on the other side of my testimony. <laughs> Hallelujah. That was over 30 years ago. And I tell you what, it is done, done, done. Hallelujah. Everything you commit to God in prayer, everything you thank him for, everything you enter into peace and thanksgiving, hallelujah, will come to a full completion. God watches his word to perform it. Amen. So just take your, a minute, lift up your hands and thank God again with your voices, with your hearts. Hallelujah. Thank God. Receive the peace of God. Peace that passes understanding. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Glory to God. His peace is at work. Hallelujah. He knows how to speak peace to the storm. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We let God be God. We are still, we are fastened to his word. Our minds are ingrained with his thoughts. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, for the performance of all those things we've asked for. And we enter and we stay and we live in your presence and in your peace. Amen. Amen. Wow. Amen. Well, uh, you know, I think uh, that's a pretty good lesson for this morning. <laughs> Amen. So uh, uh, I remember Dad Hagen teaching on uh, one of the issue of blood, Mark chapter 5. And uh, he said in one of his visions, he was having a vision of Jesus. If you can imagine, he had seven visions of Jesus. Actually, he has a book on, I believe, in visions. Tremendous little book of Dad Hagen's called I Believe in Visions. And he tells about his conversations with Jesus in the, those visions. So it's a phenomenal book. But in one of the visions, uh, he said, uh, Dear Lord Jesus, he said, I have two different sermons that I preach on Mark chapter 5. The one this year, but I have two different sermons. He said, and every time I preach those sermons, it seems like I'm missing something. He said, it just seems like there's something I'm, I'm not, I'm leaving out. How many ever had that if you're a preacher? You're like, that's good, but there's just something in there. I just am not, not getting, amen, I'm not communicating. And so he said, the Lord said, smile at him, said, well, there he is. And he said, uh, get you a piece of paper, get you a, a pencil, and write on the paper. Imagine Jesus telling you to write something down. I try to tell my staff at work for me, I say, even Jesus said, it is written. So if I tell you something, you better write it down. But don't trust your memory because we have pilots, you know, pilots work for us and they go over their checklist. My pilots, and they've been flying for 30, 40 years. They say only a fool trusts their memory when their life is at stake. So they go over the same checklist every time. You, say, you think you need to do that after 40 years? They said, oh yeah, only a fool trusts their memory when their life's at stake. We go over the checklist every time. Well, that's, that has to do with your faith, doesn't it? Write it down. Go over this checklist. It's not a different checklist every time. It's the same one. Are y'all still here? I mean, he doesn't have like a different one. for It's like same checklist, flaps up, down, whatever, you know. So they still go over it. So he said, Jesus told him, said, get you a piece of paper and get your pencil, write down. He said, write down one, two, three, four. Wouldn't that be great to have Jesus give you a sermon? He said, if, if Jesus gave you a sermon, it would last a long time. Amen. Some of yours may not last one preaching. <laughs> you throw it out after one, you say, that, was, that ain't no good. <laughs> so if Jesus gives you a sermon, he said, it'll last. Repetition. So he said, and right at the top, very simple. Actually, Jesus told Dad Hagen, he said, you notice all of my sermons are very simple. 
And he said that, he told, Jesus told Dad Hagen, he said, all my sermons are very simple. And he said, if you hear anybody preaching anything complicated, you know they did not get it from me. Very simple. So he said, one, two, three, four, right at the top. Right at the top. He's just doing what Jesus told him to do. Write it down. You don't say, oh, I'll remember that. You might be surprised what you forget. If anybody anywhere will take these four steps or put these four principles in operation, they will always receive whatever they want or need from God. Not only healing, but anything else. All right, now, if the Lord told you that, how many think you'd want to make sure you wrote down those four steps? He titled his sermon, and you can still get, get it today. He titled his sermon, How to Write Your Own Ticket with God. That's how you title that sermon. In other words, Jesus, you know, said, you fill in the blank. I sign the check. You, fill, you make it out. So he said, if anybody anywhere will take these four steps to put these four principles in operation, they'll always receive whatever they want or need from God, not only healing, but anything else. So Mark chapter 5, verse 25 through 34, that story. So uh, Jesus asked Brother Hagin, who had read the New Testament through 150 times, I don't know what time you're on. You read the New Testament through how many times? Well, he said, I, I literally read the New Testament through 150 times. And so he said, Jesus asked him, he said, what's the first thing that this woman did? Because we're going to do number one. What's the first thing that she did? What's the first thing? Well, he answered, he answered, she heard about Jesus. That's how he, Brother Hagin answered. And Jesus said, no. That's not the first thing. He said, somebody else did that. Someone else told her about Jesus. That's not the first thing she did. He said, what's the first thing she did? And so he said, no. Uh, well, she heard about Jesus. And Jesus said, no, that's not right. And he said, Lord, I don't have a clue. I mean, if Jesus asked me something, he'd say, really, I, you might as well answer this because apparently I don't know. But you'd think if you read the New Testament 350 times, you'd know. You'd think sometimes the answer is obvious, but that's the problem. He said, what's the first thing? So Jesus said, what's the first thing she did after she heard about Jesus? Because it's what you do after you hear the word that will determine what you receive. Amen. What's the first thing she did? And he said, she said. The first thing she did. So you could say it this way. If your faith doesn't move your mouth, Woo! it'll never move a mountain. First thing she did, that was her faith talking, is she said. Yay! Now, if you read that in the, uh, the Greek literally means she kept on saying. Amen. 
Amen. It's really the word Lego, which means she kept on saying like building blocks. She said, so if you would have passed her on the road, you would have heard a woman talking to herself. She said, and she kept on saying. She said, first thing she did is she said, if I can touch his hem, I know I shall be whole. She just kept on saying that. In other words, she's releasing her faith. And that all she has to do is one touch from Jesus. Don't need an introduction. Don't need a hug. Just touch the hem of his garment. Did you know one touch from Jesus, a touch of faith, can reverse years of sorrow and pain? One touch. But it's not the touch of curiosity. Come on. It's a touch of faith. So she said, she kept on saying number one. He said, so what, then write down number two. What's the second thing she did? So, second thing she did is she didn't just say, but she, she acted. She acted or she uh, released her faith and she started moving. She could have just stayed on the couch and never would have received her healing. But she started acting. She started moving. She's acting. So, well, what's the third thing she did? He said, the, first thing, the third thing she did is she pressed through the crowd and she received the anointing. She received. A lot of times, even when uh, I have a, a, a tangible anointing, and I received it primarily from Kenneth e. Hagin, from Dad Hagin, laid hands on me so many times. So I could be teaching, I could feel the anointing in my hands right now. You don't always feel it, but sometimes you do feel it. It is tangible. You can feel it when it's there. And then if you lay hands on people, you can feel it go out of your hand and go into people. You can also feel it if they don't receive it. What do you do then? Well, you try to help them, but if, you, if you're laying hands on hundreds of people, you don't have time just to help everybody. So, so you basically have to just say, well, you know, those who receive it will receive it, and those who don't need to pay better attention. Amen? Because you can feel that anointing. So she received it, so when she touched, she felt in her body. So the anointing is tangible. I don't know, you don't always feel stuff, but you should feel something sometime. Let's try that one more time. I said, you don't always feel God, but God's power is real. You ought to feel it sometime. Amen. Amen. It's like electricity. You feel the anointing. So she felt, and he felt it go out of him. Amen. So Jesus did what? Turned about in the crowd and said what? He said, who touched me? What did the disciples say? Lord, that's a silly question. Everybody's touching you. But you know, Jesus never asked silly questions. He never just says something unnecessary. He said, who touched me? Who touched my clothes? Who touched me? Right? He said, the multitudes are thronging you. Well, they're all pushing him. They're all touching him. But none of them are receiving anything. So it says he turned about in the crowd to see who had done this thing. So the Ben Campbell Johnson translation says he, he turned about in the crowd and studied the faces in the crowd to see who made contact with him. So he literally did this if you had a bunch of people around you. And he felt anointing go out of him. He's got people, people thronging him, right? But when he felt anointing go out of him, he studied the faces in the crowd to see who did that. 
You say, why? Because when you make contact with Jesus, it will change your faith. Let's try it one more time. I said, when you make contact with Jesus and the anointing, it will change your countenance. Your, come on, your eyes will light up. Your face will light up. You go, whoa, I, I just felt power from Jesus. I just got power from another world. Amen. I got power from God. The anointing is tangible and it's real power. Amen. Just when you talk about it, that, that tangible anointing. Amen. So when Dad Hagen would pray for people, he would say, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in obedience to the law of contact and transmission, the contact of my hands transmits God's healing power to your body to undo what Satan has done to cause a healing and a cure. If you'll receive that anointing and mix faith with it, it'll make you well. Amen. So, Jesus studied the face, and he, when he saw her, she's like the only one lit up in the crowd. All right. How long, how long had she been sick? Twelve years. Come on. And in just a matter of minutes, she's healed. Must have been frustrating for the devil, been trying to kill her for 12 years, and she got healed in 10 seconds. She felt that anointing going to her, and immediately she was healed of that plague. Praise the Lord. What's, the, what's number three? Is she received it. In other words, what channel is that anointing on? Because it's not on the intellectual channel. It's on faith. It's on that faith channel. She had been saying it all the way there, and her faith received the anointing. All right, and then what's number four? Number four is she told it. Every time you tell your testimony of what Jesus has done for you. Let's try it one more time. I said, Ever, your testimony is so powerful. Every time you tell your testimony of what Jesus has done for you. Come on. You don't even have to give 38 scriptures. All you got to do is say, this is what Jesus Christ did for me. He, he forgave my sins. He set me free. He healed my body. He changed my life. I remember what I was like and how I was bound, but Jesus set me free. Every time you tell your testimony, woo, you say, what is That's your faith talking. So those four steps begin with she said, and number four is she told it. Hallelujah. Now, I have this book somebody gave me years ago, and I, I love it. It's a great little book because it, 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 um, it's, it's, uh, it gives you the cross-section of, um, of a diesel motor so you can see inside the motor. Gasoline motor, air conditioner gives you a cross-section so you can see inside of it. A battleship is phenomenal. You'll cut across that and say, this is what's happening inside the battleship. So the woman that is your blood in Mark chapter 5 is the perfect cross-section. So you can look inside a miracle and see what happened to make that thing happen. And Jesus said, I'm just going to make it real simple for you. Four things. And Jesus said, Mark chapter 5, what? 
Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Let's try it one more time. Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Where did her faith come? From what she heard of Jesus? Come on. What she said? Come on. How she acted? How she received? And then she told her, your faith has made you whole. So Dad Higgins said when he had seven incurable diseases, and preachers came by to pray for him. He said, Lord, comfort him while he dies. He was 17. He didn't want to die. And he's kind of reading Grandma's Methodist Bible. And he came to Mark chapter 5 and read the story, Mark 5, 25 through 34. And he said, the Lord said to her, if her faith made her whole, your faith will make you whole. And then he said, the Lord said to him, Preachers came to pray for him and said, the day of miracles, you know, been done away with. He said, have you ever heard any preacher say that faith has been done away with? He said, no, none of them said that. He said, and you never will because if faith's been done away with, nobody can be saved. So he said, none of them ever said faith has been done away with. So Jesus said, if her faith is what made her whole, your faith will make you whole. Listen now, Wigglesworth said, any man can be changed by faith, no matter how he may be fettered. The word fetters, old English word means bound. That means the devil cannot make a bondage that your faith cannot break off of you. Come on, I said, in any area of your life, that means Physically, mentally, emotionally, come on, spiritually, financially, every area of your life. In other words, your faith will make you whole. Faith, and where did that faith come from? What's the cross-section of it? Number one, what she heard. How you hear. Ooh, that's a good sermon right there. How do you hear? Because Mark chapter 4, Jesus said, be careful how you hear. Because what you hear is going to be what you have. But when she heard, immediately she went into action. Right? So your faith will make you whole. Amen. It's not a sovereign choice by God that God has to decide about it. No, come on. Jesus has already paid for it. Now you release your faith. Use your faith. Come on now. Use your faith. Come on, your faith must have a voice. What are you saying? How are you releasing your faith? And when Jesus described faith in Mark chapter 11, verse 23, he said, whosoever shall say, come on, unto this mountain be removed, be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. He goes from a whosoever to a whatsoever. Ooh, I like that. Amen. He shall have whatsoever he said. That's how faith in God works. Amen. It'll work for anybody. It'll work on anything. Praise the Lord. Amen. So you have authority. Your words will give you authority and dominion over the devil, demons, evil spirits, sickness and disease. Amen. Exercise your authority. Praise the Lord. Well, did you learn anything this morning? Praise the Lord. Everybody say, my faith. I said, my faith will make me whole, has made me whole, and will keep me whole.
<laughs> Look at the person and tell them, your faith will make you whole, has made you whole, and will keep you whole. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah, daughter, your faith has made you whole. So I have faith in God. Amen. I have faith in his word, faith in the blood. I have faith. And the first thing my faith is going to do is what? Move my mouth. Amen. Come on, pastor. What do you want to do? Amen. All right. Come on up here, pastor. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Karis Christian Center podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www.karischristiancenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.